Hello and welcome back to Hall of Murphy. We are back to talk about everything DC and we got some exciting news directly out of CinemaCon. You know, I started off, you just have to make a mistake just to make people ease in. (laughs) How are you doing, John? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. It's always glad to have you. It's been a busy week with CinemaCon. We had everything from Warner Brothers to uh, right before the recordings. We talked everything Disney. It's going to be it's been a busy week and crazy to think that cinemas are slowly coming back. Oh, yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers showed up and showed out. Definitely. The uh, I think the biggest thing is, especially as we're talking about Warner Brothers and DC is like the big day and date. But business model is dead announcements, <laughs> which was a, mm-hmm. a beautifully dramatic way of getting that out. But, you know. The Batman proved uh, the Batman release made what 700 almost 800 million, and now it's like like 760 now, I think. Yeah, and it's now the second most watched film on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So, truly, the best of Sorry. both worlds. Sorry, Snyder Cut. <laughs> Sorry, everyone who thought it was dead. You know, we're really provoking them after the last episode now. <laughs> oh, yeah, they love us uh we'll see how our twitter looks like afterwards (laughs) but as it's been such such a success and i think most of us kind of expected it we got the big announcement that the batman is getting a sequel we didn't get any actual teases of what it's going to be what the focus is but mostly that matt reeves is definitely returning to direct robert pattison is definitely returning and they said most of the crew that worked on the first one is going to be back they did leave out if the Greg act- Fraser back. Yeah. The the visual style is definitely not the same without him. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think when you hear the announcement? Was it more like a oh okay, we kind of saw it coming or is excitement? How'd you feel I about definitely, it? Definitely I, I saw it coming. There was no way they weren't going to, especially mm. with the spin-offs planned and the, the comic book and, uh prequel for Riddler. Yeah. And just the overall public reception to the movie is like overwhelmingly positive could you imagine they just didn't give it a sequel and have like spin-off after spin-off planned <laughs> robert pattinson world... you get me for one movie and that was it <laughs> in a world before covid that movie cracked a billion i definitely uh even with I the mean, just... especially sorry no just look at the um look at how well it did on uh hbo max i mean that's a lot of people saying we can just wait to see it because you know people a lot of people you know we're slowly getting there obviously as you know last week in a lot of like uh you know smaller non-franchise films you know dot decimated they did pretty great um but i don't think we're exactly there yet and i think i think honestly think the next batman movie could crack a billion i think definitely probably like three years after the spinoffs, after the hype, people were on the edge about Robert Pattinson. I mean, they shouldn't have been after all those trailers. And I think they all, you know, it's slowly becoming the um, definitive Batman. I mean, I saw fandom posted uh, the announcement and it has over 105,000 likes. Mm. It's it's definitely won over the GA. The thing that I find interesting about the Batman from a box office analytical perspective is that it did incredibly well. Um, and its only drawback was, to some degree, in my opinion, the length combined with COVID at the moment. 
Yeah, I do think the length was that the length was even before the movie was out and it was just a reported like it was a rumor. People were already complaining about the movie being yeah. long. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> you will it, sit you will sit on your couch all day and binge a TV show, but this movie's too long. It, it's 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 a fascinating thing because I I what I like a lot of people complain about the length of movies, but then you have Doctor Strange where people are complaining it's too short. You have Moon Knight where people are complaining that the six hour show could have been a, a two hour movie. Why did they make six hours out of it? It's like this this weird like balance nowadays. What is and what isn't worthy of length? I respect that Matt Reeves stuck to his vision. He wanted to do a three hour noir story and that's what he did. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like he made it work incredibly well. Like time goes by fast while watching this film. But what I do yeah. know is that I've had friends that said they really enjoyed the film, but the problem was sitting there for three hours with a mask. is just a tall order. Yeah. Um, I, I have a friend that still, my, most of my friends still will not watch the Snyder Cut because of how long it is. Yeah. Uh, that's like, that's the biggest turnoff. And also they just don't care. They, they are not fans of Snyder's work with the DC characters. And, you know, that's their opinion. Understandable. I mean, I'm still going to try, of course, but um, I do think, you know, the Batman's length isn't, like you said, you know, it goes by pretty fast. I do think certain parts do drag, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a hard thing to accomplish. Of course, and I think towards the end, you really start to fill that length, but I think the payoff's a lot really worth it. Yeah, the I think the one, like, the thing that Batman does is that it has, like, a fake ending into the real ending scenario, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. I think everyone has that feeling when it's like, oh, okay, the movie's winding down. Oh, there's more, and you're like, how much longer is this movie? Uh, I think it does I... have that effect a little bit. I, I definitely would have cut the movie after his monologue about uh, enduring, yeah, and uh, and you know you know letting your letting your uh, past you know be a superpower or letting your scars you know be a superpower and enduring you know yeah I definitely yeah. would have ended it there as as he looks up in the sky and the the girls take it away in the helicopter that was that was a great moment that oddly has like some of the weirdest detractors in regard of what makes or doesn't make a Batman storyline, but it just kind of highlights just everyone has a very specific niche perspective of what is their version of that mm-hmm. character. And Batman has just been portrayed. I, I, I still feel like a big generation adores Miller's run, Frank Miller's run with the character mm-hmm. that just hasn't been who he's been for a long time. Now we move like Snyder was the most Frank That's... Miller of any, uh, yeah. you know, any version and somehow people have been clinging to that version a lot more than the 70 years of history <laughs> where he's been very different. This is, yeah, this is, this is what I touched on last time. The, uh, the 300 dude bro Snyder stands, but only, you know, that cost that call him the most, you know, comic accurate because they pulled random panels from comic books and, you know, the picture of him with a gun and Frank Miller's, uh, you know, comics. And yeah, that's all they know. They haven't actually read them. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna you know i'm not pointing fingers here but it's obviously very easy to quickly figure out that most of these people have no idea what they're talking about and and just we talked about this before the whole portrayal of the league is definitely one thing i do not like mm. about the standard films and just how like how the portrayed is like we're like oh you should be god they're like godly epics i'm like no that's not the justice league shut up but i do think here this batman is on a perfect road 
especially with that ending. And like, it's sort of like, like Reeve said, uh, Batman ego, uh, the whole thing about hope and being, you know, the symbol of uh, justice for those who, you know, he can't just be vengeance. He needs to be more. And I think this Batman, I think the Batman too has some plot points that they really need to, you know, nail on the head. So I have, I want to ask I want to ask you what your hope is for the second uh, entry. But before that, you just gave me the idea. My hopes is, is that by the end of this trilogy, he says the full line of I am vengeance. I am justice. Cause it feels like mm-hmm. that each kind of like how captain America, each film represented a different value of the red, white, and blue that like here, mm-hmm. each film represents something that Batman stands for first film, vengeance, second film, justice. And they can build on that. <laughs> the third film is he's the knight, so it's just dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But what are your hopes um, for for you know my number four? one hope is Robin. Movie mm-hmm. needs Robin. It's Robin. He is my number one hope. He is what the movie needs. Mm. Uh this is Batman. Like Batman says at the end, he he needs to do more for the city. He can do more for the city. And that more is Robin. Mm. And I just think that's I think that's the perfect way to move forward with this character and you mm. know with him moving down a new path not just vengeance you know but but hope and helping people and yeah. robin is where it needs to go and I mean, even people are like oh it's too it's too early it's too early for robin in this batman no it's not robin batman first started working with robin during his third year that's when he you know adopted dick grayson and you know saved him father when his parents were killed yeah people are such tools <laughs> <laughs> I, like we we talked about this before is like i am very much open to the idea of robin being a factor in this story my mm-hmm. my main focus though is i kind of i don't know maybe it's the spider-man approach here is that i prefer the first uh first trilogy to be him building his own and then the second trilogy being robin yeah but that's you know that's mostly dependent on you know what we're used to nowadays of having franchises that span 10 plus years and you don't know if Robert Pattinson is going to be on board for that long um, in this case I mean maybe Twilight just burned him out from franchising for too long but I, I do think like there's potentially using like Robin as the stand-in for hope or the stand-in of him helping someone it's just a big question to me is like how would Robin connect to the overarching story that that sequel could set up because I, I personally mm-hmm. would really like for a sequel to just cr- connect directly to the events of this film. And I, I know it's a popular thing right now, but I'm full in with seeing Mr. Freeze in this universe. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's, a, he's the villain I want. It, it's just I want him as a villain and I want Gotham to remain flooded. Yeah, I definitely it, think I have a feeling they could try and work Robin's origin into um you know because the city because you know his parents died they were you know they were the, the ropes were you know messed with and they fell and died but i feel like they could definitely re- rework it into uh the riddler's flood causing you know an accident and that's what you know that's what uh mm. that's what drives them you know what i mean yeah i mean if you think about it they could like the, they could change freeze's origin by having not Nora, but potentially like Nora's pregnant or something. It's about mm-hmm. the child that he's trying to say, he's trying to save his wife and the child that she was going to bear. And then Robin being that, 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 that focus 
of both Batman learning that there's good in people to have that hope aspect because that makes Mr. Free such a perfect villain or anti-villain mm-hmm. at the end of the day and him kind of seeing that what he's doing is hurting others the way that he was hurt with Nora and having maybe that connection of him almost having a son and then Batman having a son to have like that parallel. That could be an interesting thing to play around with. Yeah. Definitely. I think uh, I just, I, I hope... I definitely think, because I know Pattinson has commented on before, and if he wants a Robin, he wants, you know, he doesn't want, like, you know, Batman and uh, Batman Forever's, like, or was it Batman Forever Batman and Robin where he first appeared? Uh, Batman Forever. Yeah. He doesn't want, like, you know, 25-year-old Robin. <laughs> he wants, like, you know, 13, 14. I don't think Reeves has ever commented on the possibility of it, but Pat, Pattinson, he's like, yeah, I'm down for it, but it has to be, like, you know, an actual kid. Yeah. And uh, I do think Pattinson loves the role enough to stay in it as long as Reeves is in it. I th- That's yeah, Because he does love Batman. He loves Batman. I mean, I, I remember him talking about getting the role and he was really excited. This wasn't just like, you know, another project for him. This was, you know, this was Batman. Oh, he wants Court of Owls. Like that's, he's been very oh, yeah. vocal about that. And I See, want him I, to do it. I actually, if I was to pick maybe, I mean, Freeze, of course, would be cool, but I, I forgot. My ideal pick for the sequel is Azriel and the Order of St. Dumas. As the villains, Ooh, a religious sect, you know, moving into the city, you know, as you know, uh, not like a Red Cross, but you know, like uh, offering aid and charity, yeah, you know, offering to save the city and, the, and their people, but also blaming the Batman for what happened, um, and trying to turn the people against him, and you know, but also instilling their own their own vigilante and bringing Azrael into the story, yeah. But Azrael, you know, Azrael growing up as a um, this could also work in the um in the Robin storyline, Azriel, uh growing up as a child and trained by order the Order of St. Dumas to be, you know, a killing machine. Yeah. But here we see Robin as this parallel, you know, growing up alongside Bruce Wayne and learning to become, you know, an agent of justice and stuff and helping and not being a killing machine. Yeah. I mean, the, my only drawback is if he gets the public to be against Batman, that would kind of downplay, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the ending of the first film where he's actively helping. Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. a hard sell, if you ask me. But I do think, like, there's definitely going to be people that are still going to be against the Batman. Yeah. And they're going to weaponize that. Because, True. you know, even in today's, you see it today, it, it reflects in today's, uh, you know, society where, you know, it's obvious, you know, something is good. But there's always going to be those people that are like, oh, no, you know, those non-believers, yeah. those, you know, pessimists. So. Well, they're, you know, the following that Riddler had, that that kind of, you could use it. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that kind of sentimentality goes in. Because, the you know, still Gotham is destroyed. It's flooded. So a lot of people yeah, lost their homes yeah. and everything. Yeah, you got a good point. Actually, there's so many potentials. My only worry is, is I don't want them to go back down another serial killer route. Because <laughs> that's yeah. really easy with most of his villains. Yeah, I don't, but that's the thing. I don't see Ezreal as a serial, a serial killer. I see him as the... Um, as a type that they're going to want to push out in front of the cameras and everything and have him, you know, saving people and, you know, yeah, have, trying to trying to have him look more efficient than Batman. Yeah, that, that's that's a good idea. Yeah. I there's so like, that's no, the thing with Reeves. There's so cool. much potential. Yeah, it's it's and it's something that I feel like has never really been touched upon enough in the past because mm-hmm. it's it's, you know, St. Dumas. 
like that was the one big disappointment for me with uh, Arkham um, Arkham Knight is that the setup was there in Arkham City and they did absolutely jack with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh, Saint Dumas finally gets some focus, and it was like, nah, <laughs> you get a fight. And the way they did it in in Gotham was I didn't love. Yeah, I do like Gotham, but I didn't love the way they did it in that. <laughs> Gotham was always a, a hit or miss. If you go with the flow of what they're trying to do, it can work. But that was like one thing was like, uh, it's all right. But but when it hit, it hit. Like the Mad yeah. Hatter storyline hit. Oh, that's true. That was a really good storyline. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. There's so much they can do with the Batman. I am the big question for us right now is the timeline. Are we gonna get the uh penguin spin-off before, probably after, because it's not, you know, we don't know how far that is. But if they start filming before the Batman 2, we'll probably get it on HBO Max around the same time. There's the Asylum series that we still don't know. Uh, the, the Arkham Asylum series we still know nothing about outside that it's happening. Yeah. I want to say... I want to say both those shows may already be written. I could see... I think <laughs> Penguin would definitely be written because it's been announced yeah, a while think- ago. I think Penguin's going to get going by the end of this year. Mm. I How definitely that- think it's... Because uh, I think they already have... Uh, we haven't seen any casting grids yet. I know that's one thing. Uh, nothing nothing on casting for that. Yeah, uh, We saw a grid for the Arkham show a while ago, but that was before it changed to the Arkham show. Yeah, that was when it was still the GCPD show. Yeah, but I just feel like it could get, it could get started by the end of this year. I mean, I think it would it's well ahead of a tough time. It's, it's going to be interesting because I think the Penguin is most likely going to be a follow up of the first Batman of just him. Yeah, I think it has armor. to release before the sequel. Yeah, it has to release before the sequel. I think Arkham, I think there was what? It was a rumor that might be like a prequel to explain, you know, explore the origins of Joker, who we got, you know, a, a good look at through the, the leaked um, extended mm-hmm. cut. Oh, and I, I love the, the way they described it as like a haunted house. Yeah. I love I'm that. In. A haunted house full of Batman villains. Oh, yeah. That is one of my favorite storylines from the comics. I have, that was like one of my first big Batman collected comics I got was Mm -hmm. the Arkham Asylum one. Man, that, that a haunted house concept with that would work so well. God, that, that, cause look at, look at the, look at the Joker in that comic and the Joker we got. Yeah. That kind of, okay. So, I mean, I was told a while ago that's what Joker looks like. And I'm Mm -hmm. just so, because you know, of course, you know, I, I, I had nothing to back it up with, so I just, you know, kept it to myself. But I was so, I don't, just like happy when I saw. It. I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Because I, I did, I do think there's obviously some things I would change about the Joker's look. I don't like the patchy hair, and I'm not super in love with the smile, but I feel like it can grow on me. Yeah. But I definitely think I definitely liked what Barry gave us in those few minutes he had. Keegan's always been a much more reserved actor in his performances. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. I hope that he gets to really like go all out whenever he gets to be fully formed as the Joker. I wouldn't be surprised if his hair kind of grows back a bit. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. the hair was a little, I funky. definitely, that's one thing though, is uh, we, I, I don't, we, we don't have confirmation if that deleted scene is canon. True. We don't. The only thing that's officially so. canon is the sequence of him meeting the Riddler where we barely see him. And yeah, I don't think 
because if you, I don't think it, uh, it really doesn't, I don't, I don't see it fitting anywhere. Mm. The, so, uh, the deleted scene. Though I would have loved the concept of that. The Joker is in every Batman film, but he's never actually a character. He's just literally this Hannibal Lecter consultant type that he just goes back to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could see that working. I just have a hard time thinking, Oh, you know, this, he go, it's just the weird thing about him going to the Joker to figure it out because we know absolutely nothing about the Joker. So mm-hmm. it rides on the fact, like my girlfriend has no idea about Batman. She went in it for Robert Pattinson. Yeah. She went in <clears throat> it for Barry Keegan, uh, was surprised that she could, that he was at the end was even more surprised when she actually saw what he looked like. Um, but like, she has no idea about the Joker. And mm-hmm. Matt Reeves' story is very much a, it's not an origin story, but it it leads you in if you have no idea about Batman. So you don't need to know everything about him going in. Mm-hmm. And then just suddenly having the Joker show up without any explanation, just him asking this random guy, for those who don't know, like finish this to have a little, oh, this guy's kooky and weird. I think it wouldn't mm-hmm. quite work in the film yeah. as such. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. But you know, we'll see. Who knows? You know, they could have him in the sequel. They could. Uh, I don't know. They could surprise <laughs> well, us. If you remember in that deleted scene, one second he's got the he's got the folder, and the other second Batman taking it back, and the paper clips are gone. True. He fucked up. So I, but I really, <laughs> I, I don't want Bat. I don't want Joker for the sequel villain. I do not want him as sequel villain. Yeah, I I don't think I think he should be kind of a, a background character. Mm-hmm. In, in At least opinion. to the end. Yeah, because you know the way he's like the way he recruited villain. Well, whoever's the next villain, he recruits them and them, and you know he just you know it's Batman's. I saw. Yeah, it's you know. Yeah, they're all coming. His past is coming back to him, but I think. I don't know if Reeves is the kind of person to do the Bat family, but I would like to say at least a little Bat family. I think Batwoman is somebody who also would be perfect here. Mm. Kate Kane. Although, I guess she'd be Kate Arkham. True, she would be but Kate Arkham, yeah. I I heard uh, via a test screening that the scene with her parents, you know how Riddler releases all that stuff about his mom, yeah. was changed. Oh. Because originally, I guess, originally in the test screen, I guess the other footage, uh, Martha's mother killed her entire family, which would mean, you know, her brothers are dead. So Kate can't happen. But in the theatrically released film, uh, they don't, they don't say that. Yeah. Which means it seems like Matt is trying to leave the door open for something maybe there. <laughs> or they thought we don't want her completely crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think too. We don't want her completely going batshit insane. So yeah, that's also a, that's also true. So I, I would love it's to see it's because, easy changes of voiceover. Yeah. Oh. I do think because we set up this connection that Bruce technically is a family uh, is the son of the two biggest families in Gotham is that Arkham, yeah. the Arkham family has a bigger role moving forward because they're setting yeah. something up with the fact that there's this history here. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go down the route of court of owls is that they're connected to the Arkhams in some way. And they could use mm-hmm. the Arkham series to kind of set up the, the talons or stuff like that if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, you know, so, it's yeah. speculation. Batman future. 
definitely bright and I definitely think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I definitely think Reeves has a real love for this. So I think it's going to be something special. Yep. And I honestly think it will be the definitive adaption. Sorry, Nolan. Sorry, Schumacher. Sorry. <laughs> uh, whatever the other guy's name is, Tim Burton. <laughs> whatever his name is, Tim Burton. Famous for, uh, right. what was that movie? Uh <laughs> Uh, the, the little the, the stupid uh, claymation one, yeah, yeah, Franken Frankenweenie. That's the most famous movie he's made. So yeah, now I'm with you. Uh, Warner Brothers, just tell us: is it the Reeves verse, or are we calling it the Batman verse? And please don't call the sequel just the Batman two. <laughs> to Batman, to vengeance. <laughs> no, dude, the Batman Returns. That's the name again. <laughs> It sounds familiar. Some some unknown director probably copied that. <laughs> yeah, some hack. Some hack. <laughs> but we got a lot uh, more. Uh, we actually got pretty much some flash teases uh, throughout the. Pan- Everything okay? <laughs> no, I said flash. A flash. I I, I was ah. the flash. <laughs> I heard ah. <laughs> I was like yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah uh, you know the perfect segue of batman to flash uh we did get some flash um footage or at least sadly only descriptions but michael keaton was front and center as batman and even mm-hmm. said you want to get nuts let's get nuts. yeah yeah and without context that wants to get weird. nuts yeah <laughs> yeah definitely need to see it in in that context so i feel like you know it's not really a batman thing to say no but I it, think a Bruce Wayne, it definitely is a Bruce Wayne thing to say. If he's like, you know, you know, playing up his eccentric attitude. I mean, if he's if if he's gonna continue where his Batman left off, we're gonna have probably the most suave but awkward Bruce Wayne. So we got emo Bruce Wayne in the Batman and just out there saying whatever to get out of situations, Keaton's Batman <laughs> Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, uh they definitely Apparently the footage, uh, I'm reading a breakdown of it right now. It's mm. uh, apparently there's a there's a display of multiple bat suits, um, mm. that are all like certain like different versions of the '89 suit. Uh, rainbow suit. Re- 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 <laughs> yeah, they sh- yeah, <laughs> they showed off Michael Shannon as Zod, which a lot of people are upset about. He's not the main villain. Calm down. He's not the main villain. Neither is Sayora. Um. And I think it makes sense what to see. Honestly, my hot take is uh, what they're doing here with this movie is a uh, better adaption, uh, or no, not a better adaption, but a better telling of Flashpoint. Yeah. That actually sounds pretty good. Um, and a lot of people are complaining this is a nostalgia bait film. You know, with like a lot of people are like, oh, why is he saying, he's like, it's kind of crazy. He's saying, you know, the movie, the, you don't want to get nuts from the 89 movie. But yeah, the same people were like months ago were gushing over. I'm something of a scientist myself, or <laughs> power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Shut up. That was a nostalgia bait movie, too. And you all knew it going into it. So don't be calling Flash a nostalgia bait movie when you were just gushing over one. You love nostalgia. These people love nostalgia. What are they talking about? I'll oh, be honest. It's an issue because you don't care for the movie. I'll be honest. I I think the line like like where where Doc Ock makes his his famous line, that worked in context, but the I'm a bit of a scientist myself was the most 
yeah, they could have cut that. <laughs> Though yeah. it's it's perfectly Actually, awkward I, I for feel, Osborne. It's just like I feel the huh. reverse on that. I, I really? didn't like the Power of the Sun one, but I did like the Scientist one. That's interesting. It, you know, it's always what you go in with, right? Everything's perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love both lines. I I think it's great. They're in there. They're in there for a reason. Spider-Man No Way Home is probably one of the few movies that managed to make a good story out of nostalgia bait, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely hard. It, it's not like that's a, a flat, you know, that's a lightning in a bottle kind of movie, <laughs> the, the way it does I, it. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, the way things are shaping up, uh, No Way Home and Flash are like very similar movies to me. They're mm-hmm. both taking storylines that people aren't exactly uh, Flashpoint has definitely not aged well, and people definitely are not yeah. as about it as they were. And I think it's taking two stories, like uh, what's it, one more day? Yeah, it's and uh, Flashpoint, and you know, making adapting them better into live action. That's what I see here. I see very similar uh, situations here. And, and that's kind of the thing where you can make a storyline that was good in concept, but the execution failed, and you can make it work better. Because, like, back in the day, in my opinion, like, my problem with Flashpoint, it's an interesting concept at its core. Mm -hmm. But the issue that I always had with it, it's just, it turns into an edge fest throughout. Because it's it's literally death. Animated movie. I definitely think that's, um, I think that was really good. Yeah, they did a good, it was a good adaptation, but it still had, like, those Mm -hmm. elements where it was like, okay, they still had to stick to this a little bit. The Shazam stuff, like even the Shazam family stuff is just overly depressing. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious though, so. um, because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this is a Flash movie or I remember this being a Flash movie. Flash is still the focus point. You know, that's something oh, that... Oh, please. When they see this movie, and you know, I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything here. When they see this movie, this is 100% a Flash movie. There's yeah. going to be some really, uh, some really, really great Flash moments here. Uh, no matter what your opinion on Ezra Miller's Flash is, I don't think we've really seen them have the time to really uh, shine. I mean, definitely shines better in, in the Snyder Cut, 100%. But the work they do here in this movie with the character, it, it's a Flash movie. It is 100% a Flash movie. Yeah, and I, I think, like, hey, the best part is we, we're having two flashes, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it's really well, interesting how they're going to tackle it, though. Like, that's that's kind of the thing. And I think it's a similar scenario also with Doctor Strange, where once you kind of break into multiverse storylines, the important aspect is keeping a focus on your main character and that everything that's happening helps their storyline or their, their character development, per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Um... Yeah, this is definitely, there's definitely some great, great development for Barry here. Mm. And he does get the fight of Flash villain. So people can stop worrying. I mean, it's just, people are going to worry anyway. This is, I'm telling you, the, the leading up to this movie is going to be hell. Oh, definitely. The first trailer is going to drop. <laughs> the discourse is going to be awful. The press, the press tour is going to be, jeez. I mean, considering that it was postponed by how much it happened, you know, until next year and currently what's happening, uh, it's, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. how Warner Brothers handles it, you know, how generally it's, it's going to be with Ezra Miller because of the allegations yeah. right now against him. It's, it's, 
it's going to be messy. Uh, you know, there's no way around it. Yeah, it's it's, but I do think it will be fun. Do I think things about the movie could change in the next year? Yeah, mm. definitely, because there's still a year, of course. Yeah. And I definitely think uh, certain situations in the past few weeks could warrant some changes, definitely. Uh, but that is unknown. And yeah. at this point, just wait for that first trailer. Wait and see. Let's see what happens. Exactly. And uh, oh. let Grant Gustin take a break sometime. Uh- <laughs> no, no DCEU, Grant Gustin. Sorry, Grant Gustin. Nope. <laughs> the guy needs a break. <laughs> nope. If they're going to bring in a new Flash, uh, uh, Lucas Till, I think, would be a great job. His uh, Roland MacGyver, he basically played Barry Allen. Mm. Um, and there's another actor I saw that looked like he'd be a good uh, Dylan, Ar- Dylan Arnold, probably a good pick. Uh, he looks the part. I don't mm. know much about him, but yeah. But no talk of recast right now. Doesn't no, look like no, no, it, no. So. Of course, I just and, I couldn't resist the joke because everyone was on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It definitely. Um, oh, he was in You, Halloween Kills. And Halloween. Good for ah, you, Dylan Arnold. Busy. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Oh, I think he died in Halloween Kill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he gets like thrown through a staircase and then paled on it. <laughs> the poor guy. He's like, I got my big. Ah! <laughs> Joey's not busy anymore. <laughs> he's good. Hey, we got some time for you. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. So, but we still have. Uh, which is uh, we have uh, Aquaman. Yeah. No, I, I um I definitely think this is the movie we have heard like literally little, very very little about um, plot wise. I mean, all we know is you know the Lost Kingdom, and it's probably Necris because the working title was Necris. But if yeah. it's not Necris, uh, you know, okay, whatever. Respect <laughs> for like the Mana. misdirect. Yeah, you get respect. <laughs> I mean, honestly, James Wan, go off. Uh, <laughs> what we know. Actually, let me pull that up. But we know uh, there's a reluctant team up between two half brothers that need to get over their differences. Um, the ocean. I don't think they showed too much. <laughs> Apparently, Black Manor is seen in the footage leading an army, which is interesting. And I have to assume the trench movie would have set this up and fleshed this out more. Mm. But obviously, the trench movie did not happen. So, I definitely I, think, yeah, it looks like there definitely wasn't much shown. I, so. well, yeah, it was only, I think it was pretty much just Black Manta, Arthur, and Orm, and that was pretty much what they showed with a few ships and stuff. Though mm-hmm. I think it mentioned robots, which is interesting, but probably meant like sentries of some kind or something. Because I think what, uh, if they're going by the comics of Necron, they could go with a technologically advanced city that's been lost, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, Atlantis movie style. But they, there's so many potential there. And I, I do agree. I think Black Manta was supposed to be set up with this story. And perhaps while, because they were fast tracking um, the second Aquaman film due to its success, I kind of see yeah. like probably elements of that story just kind of put into this one rather than it being its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks like, um, yeah, but no, I definitely think this movie is going to be much, much bigger. I'm excited to see what they do. The concept art looked great. 
Um, the new suit doesn't look great. Hot take. Sorry. Blue it looks one, yeah. lame. Yeah, it looks <laughs> lame as hell. Um, the orange suit is better, and the blue stealth suit from the comics is like infinitely better. I know it's like campy and very 90s. Oh, well, that's comic books. Don't be ashamed of where you're coming from. Uh, or just don't make the movie. Sorry. <laughs> I just, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves about some mm. of this stuff is they try to make things too serious. And like, no, that's like not it. So, but I definitely think the first Aquaman movie is like, at some point, I think towards the end, you definitely, you do feel the length. It's like two hours and 30 minutes, that movie. Um, yeah. But there's some, there's some real gold there. That third act is like great. I love that third act. Mm. That's like pure. It feels like Lord of the Rings to me. Uh, I think especially, uh, What's up? Go on. No, no, you go. Sorry. No, I'm just saying definitely feels this Aquaman franchise definitely feels like it could be an equivalent to that, to Lord of the Rings. I mean, obviously that's a big, that's a high bar and <laughs> maybe a little hyperbolic, but I don't know. It was pretty sick. It, it could feel Apparently, like that's, dude. That's kind of the thing. I have to agree with you. The problem is with a lot of uh, superhero films, you know, at the end of the day, is like there's not often this big war esque scenario. It's my it's often mm-hmm. like a small group fighting against one dude, one big dude, or yeah. a few multiple dudes. But not, Avengers Endgame also had like the army. Yeah, excuse me, uh, but but Aquaman, Aquaman was like full embrace like a... Yeah, that that third act feels like a bunch of splash pages. Yeah. It's great. I, I love that. I really do like that movie. Um, I did, you know, it, the footage was shown. They didn't really, um, I think they only really showed Black Mana. Well, also, we don't have word if Volko's back. We have no clue if Willem Dafoe is back in this movie. No, there was we no word if Cole Kidman's back. back. I think uh, uh, the fa- his father's back. The, the king, the yeah. former king is back, uh, whose name is right now not in my head again. Uh, oh god damn it <laughs> uh, Mora Morrison yes 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 Vigo love that guy even though I couldn't remember his name sorry dude oh no what no wasn't it Dolph Lundgren That's oh King Dolph Euros? Lundgren's back yeah Dolph Lundgren's back yeah no King Vigo wasn't yeah, something else yeah. we don't but we don't know if Nicole and we don't know if Defoe and Kidman are back no, it's, it's they were surprisingly shy with the castings, uh, which stood out. Oh, it stood out a lot because you don't, we don't know a lot. I think we only got the the shots from the beginning um, where they're like, oh, we're in some icy cave, which is probably where the Lost Kingdom is. But from the cast, yeah. no, barely anything. I think. Oh, yeah, to, to, apparently there was, a, there was a was report. Teased. Yeah, there's there's a report. Nicole Kidman is back. Um, hmm. that's it. No, no, no word on Willem Dafoe. That's a pretty funny Willem Dafoe's an Aquaman movie. <laughs> what is it Willem Dafoe in at this point? <laughs> exactly, yeah. He just goes up to, to Aquaman. You're weak, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Arthur, you're weak. <laughs> <laughs> One thing uh, I'm a bit, I don't know, concerned about. Mm-hmm. is uh mira and not just you know setting aside um there's you know there's no i'm not you know making any comments on any cur- current situations but it definitely seems like the character has been highly minimized in their role for this film which you know i like the character you know personally aside, but i don't i don't think it's a good look to put aquaman you know most important supporting character to the side i definitely mm-hmm. think if they're going to move forward 
you know, peace and love, Fantastic Beasts, recast the role, find someone new, Amelia yeah. Clark. Everyone wants Amelia Clark. She'd be great. Her and Momoa have great chemistry. I don't mean to typecast her into that role, but she's a great actress. She can handle Mira. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think it'd be it'd be a home run. Um, I don't want to see this character led to, you know, led to, uh, you know, the shelf. Yeah. Um, so honestly, just just pull a Grindelwald, recast the role, um, and you know, bring the character back for uh, Aquaman three, please. That's it's, just it's... what's just my mm. my take so far because I don't want to see the character pushed aside because she's very important to Aquaman. Mara's not only an essential character, but she's also like one of the stronger, pro- probably DC's strongest female characters among them. Yeah, definitely and, one of them. Yeah. And it's a shame that considering current scenarios and generally those portraying that, that it drags down a character that has so much potential. So mm-hmm. here's, here's hoping they can do something with it. Um, maybe make a joke about her accent constantly changing. And yeah, like she, it's a different actress and they're like, did your accent change? And that's all they focus on. <laughs> yeah. It's... But it's it's definitely a, a weird scenario. And I hope that they find a way to get Mara back into the play. And, you know, if they recast, they recast. Yeah. No one's going to do Oh, also, Randall Park is back. Oh, Dr. I Steven love Randall Shin Park. is back. Yeah, he's back. Um, apparently, Arthur and Orm were in civilian clothes running through the woods. Not very aquatic of you. Okay. Uh, doesn't look like they showed too much because I don't think I think the movie has a lot of VFX work that needs to be done and uh, James Wan said he was not going to have the movie done in time so yeah definitely didn't show much they didn't show I don't know if they showed uh, Karshan Stingray or uh, Atlan I want to see Karshan another giant shark for the DC universe it's uh, yeah. it's and then uh, hmm? there's some interesting BTS footage from fandom showed Atlan with like modern day Atlantean soldiers, which was interesting. Yeah, so, that was confusing. That interesting to see that is uh, <laughs> the twist is, is that he's actually the long lost twin brother who lives in the lost kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the Love parallels it. of brotherhood and. Orm and Arthur need to not be like their father and his brother of going into their separate ways and hating each other, <laughs> but find love. <laughs> Actually, that sounds oh, kind of plausible. <laughs> Shazam just Shazam Shazam two just changed its release date again. Really, live from Hold your on. studio audience. <laughs> uh, Shazam will no longer bow on the same day as Avatar two, which is December sixteenth, December twenty first. Pushed back December twenty first. Oh, that's not too bad. Before Christmas, uh, the release. Though. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, you know, that's that's yeah, that's right on a Christmas. And, and I definitely think if a family is going to go see a movie, it's, it's a good. Be, it's a good choice. It's, I think it's going to be. Shazam. I think it's definitely going to be a Shazam movie. Over. I mean, peace and love to Avatar, but mm. I don't think a lot of kids these days have seen Avatar, and I think a lot more kids have seen Shazam. No. So, um, I definitely think I think Shazam will Shazam will be okay. I think the films have different uh, luckily enough Shazam was the next stop anyway. Um, yeah. speaking of so, uh, <laughs> speaking of speaking of Shazam, um I definitely think Shazam will be okay. I mean obviously the director said he doesn't really care. Um I mean he knows going up against Avatar, you know, it's Avatar. 
Yeah. Um, but I do think, I just personally, it's been over 12 years. And I do think, I mean, either Avatar has fans like foamy at the mouth or no one cares. Which yeah, is I, my take on things. I have the hardest time believing Avatar. Like the thing is a lot of people like to make the comparison that Marvel, like for example, has like five or six years between sequels. But mm-hmm. Doctor Strange has been in so many films going into yeah. his, uh, his sequel that the characters are still in the minds of others, especially with being in Spider-Man No Way Home the year before. Avatar mm-hmm. has a theme park thing that was built by, what well, I think Disney not too long ago. And yeah. there has been nothing on it. James Cameron has been pretty much working on that project for like years. And... I'm having a hard time imagining that the film is actually going to pass, even get close to the again? first one. Yeah, I I mean, obviously people would be like, dude, it's Avatar. What are you talking about? Peace and love. I mean, since then, film has definitely, uh, even then people look at it as like, oh, the cat person movie, you know? I yeah. mean, obviously I don't want to sound like a pessimist here that's obviously butthurt that, you know, it's releasing a few DC movie and could decimate it which obviously which I think most people will probably assume, but I just don't think the hype is there still for the Avatar sequel, especially this late. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's over. It's always going to be over 12 years by the time it releases. And it's just, I personally don't care. The, the thing is, is that I, I, I'll compare it to, uh, let's say, Star Wars and the original releases. Mm-hmm. There was a long gap between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy and then to the sequel trilogy. The difference uh-huh. is Star Wars, even without anything out there, has been like a merchandise machine out the wazoo. Yeah. And we had I don't video really games. Think Avatar have... needs a sequel. It doesn't. No. And I mean, they said that there's going to be like a standalone films, each one. Yeah. But did it, does it really need five films of all franchises <sighs> in this world? Do we need five films about Pandora? The way the way Cameron's doing it, it's like, why did it take you twelve years to do this when it was at the time the most you know the the most successful film of like all time, the highest movie film of all time for like wasn't it like the first movie to hit a billion? Yeah, it was. It was the first film to break that record and became the it. Actually, no, I think I think Titanic did pass a billion. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have to check now. I'm I'm interested. Oh yeah, yeah. You might be right. It was the first one to hit two. I uh, or pass the two because it was t- almost three. It's two point eight billion, and uh, and they're the they're time... releasing Avatar in September. Yeah, to, to get it once again. <laughs> once again, to do that pissing contest with Endgame again. They're competing against themselves at this time too. <laughs> I think Cameron just doesn't want to ha- lose that title. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to be honest, like the only one who benefits from it is Disney at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah Titanic had 2.2 billion. So that was a big, okay. big release. Yeah. It, the thing yeah. is with the, the thing, I think it's good that they push Shazam. Uh, Shazam is a, a very good four quadrant, maybe younger tiered film that works, I think could stand out even with Avatar out. But I just, I think Avatar, I could see Avatar hitting a billion. I don't see it hitting two billions again, but I could eat my own words as well. It's just as a franchise, it doesn't have the same momentum as Star Wars or Marvel that kind of had that, oh, finally the next sequel is coming out. It's more like, oh, there's a sequel, (laughs) but we'll Mm -hmm. see. You know, we don't have a benchmark. If the trailer does well, 
Yeah, then we that, have a benchmark. That was the one thing I was going to say. Like earlier, I said I don't care. I should have followed it up with, I do need. I I should wait until I see a trailer, which yeah. will be next week, in front of Doctor Strange. People are complaining about that. Shut up. People are so petty. <laughs> they're, they're, they're acting like no, they've never done this before. At least like you know, trailer release wise. There's a uh, someone so, on Twitter made a really good point, and it's been two years, and people have forgotten what happened two years ago, how the world used to work. Mm-hmm. Because we're we're kind of going are, back to normalcy, and everyone forgot how it used to be. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about Avatar is that I never see people talk about it anymore these days. Never, rarely. And I just, I just, I mean, maybe maybe they have a vicious marketing campaign uh but obviously i just i i do think shazam will do just fine it's it's a it's a it's a very very family-friendly movie yeah it's got some big name helen murin lucy Liu, and of course rachel zegler um and i just think um the first movie was very profitable uh so people hate to hear it but more profitable than man steel <laughs> and uh I just, I just think it's definitely going to be the go-to family, uh, family picture because I just think it's a movie. It's more, it's more recent. Yeah, it's got a good release date. Uh, right near Christmas is, I think, great because you know, uh, shockingly, I don't know about over in, uh, Germany or you know the 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 Europe, but uh, yeah, uh, Christmas is huge for movie theaters. Huge people fly. It's like one of the busiest days of the years, and it honestly shocked me because I was like, why. I go to a movie theater on Christmas. I, it just it just seemed odd to me. But my friend work, works at one near me, and she always talk about how crazy it is. So I think Shazam will do good on Christmas. Yeah, so which is Chris- awkward because this is a summer movie, and the last <laughs> one was a Christmas movie. Well, the, the thing is with uh, with Christmas is that it's generally a time. So you know, especially in the states or also in Europe, is that Europe, you know, Christmas has kind of moved over from from the U.S. into Europe that we have similar traditions. But there's still like the distinctions of like, for example, in Austria, when you you don't you celebrate Christmas on the 24th, not after waking up on the 25th. Mm-hmm. So you kind of that's how you kind of get into the holiday spirit. It's a very it's the same structure, but it's just different days. Um, but so the thing is, is that winter specials, people love to go to the movies when it rains or when it snows. Or when generally the weather's bad, or they want to do something with a family together. And film has always been like that go-to. That's why I think cinemas have been like the times for people to come together. And that's how it grew. And I think that, uh, especially family, I think, you know, Aquaman did fantastic over Christmas. That was a, mm-hmm. that was a. Oh, December yeah. Christmas. So. And did, it, did, even, did it even have any competition that year? Uh, very little. Very, very little. Oh. Was that Last Jedi? Was it Last Jedi released then? It was 2018, yeah. Oh, no, Last Jedi came out in 2017. Oh, yeah, it was what? 2019 was, what was uh, the the Skywalker. Yeah. Um, it released on something and did really well. Uh, no, I guess not. Mortal Engines. Guess... That was out during that time. Oh, yeah. I don't think anybody cared about <laughs> Yeah, sadly correct. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Peter Jackson. You didn't get another Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Spider Verse too, but um, sadly, live action always uh, dominates over animation. Yeah, even though when even when the animation is literally incredible. Oh, Bumblebee too. Even after the you know, 
did decent. So yeah, I mean, no, the December really lineup any... was filled to a good degree, but it was like the dominant force yeah. of that month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, obviously, Shazam will be fine. And the footage we got, uh, fun. I mean, people said it looks good. Uh, dragons. I'm going to talk about the dragons now. Uh, yeah, they get attacked by a dragon. Big one. Apparently, the sisters are riding it. <laughs> um, I know there's one scene where uh, I think Lucy Liu is riding the dragon. Just pretty cool. Oh, David Samber just tweeted out, "You're welcome, Cameron." <laughs> five days. <laughs> I love him. He's he's a fantastic guy on on that platform. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's great. <laughs> no need to thanks. The abyss on 4K Blu-ray will be enough. <laughs> I mean. Uh. David F. Sandberg has so much fun. I loved his uh, the Batman cut with the whole um, traditional yeah. sound effects. He he has a lot of fun. He teases people. I think like that fun translates into the film. Just the idea of them, you know, the the daughters of Atlas riding a dragon to take on take them on the Shazamily mm-hmm. coming together. Uh, I think the we had the tease of the Wonder Woman dream, where Shazam is kind of dating yeah. Wonder Woman and turns into Shazam. <laughs> oh, they're they're in France too. Oh God, <laughs> I think I think the first one was already fun. I think it's going to go all in the next time around. Oh, this and movie, I think this that's movie's going to be great. We're going to have a we're going to have a full movie with the Shazam. We we got Rachel Zegler who is charismatic as hell. People hot off uh, what do you call it? Uh, West Side Story. People loved her. Yep. Um, this is great for her. I honestly I don't know what's going to happen with her character. I mean, she is the youngest of the three sisters. But I would I would love to see them maybe you know work her into an OC maybe. I could um, I could see that happening. I could see that she because Zegler right now is the name in in the industry. I mean there was an mm-hmm. entire campaign. Yeah. Snow White show up. Snow White's on the horizon. People campaigned for it to be at the Oscars after she was told she can't or for some reason she wasn't able to attend. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think they're gonna bank on that definitely. And I think it's it's one of those castings where probably after they cast her in that role they were like shit we should have cast her as a hero <laughs> yeah you know what i was thinking thinking of with uh aquaman and uh what do you call it in star wars i was thinking of jumanji and oh, last jedi which jumanji yeah. did incredible that movie jumanji... did so it was i think so one of sony's most successful films at the time Box it was good wise. i love that that movie was good <laughs> i really liked it i love the first one still haven't seen the second one i confess second one I liked it. I, I did like it. I think I liked it as much, a little less than the first one, but I liked it. I just like the trailer where the old guys were Dwayne and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Danny DeVito. Yeah. But so, speaking of. the third one's happening? Actually, yeah, they're working on uh, it. But speaking of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> look at that segue. Oh. So he, um, he starts off the, at the, he, he ends the panel with League of Super Pets and Shazam. Um, he's like, oh, sorry guys, uh, I, I couldn't be there. And, uh, and he's like, he's, he's in Hawaii, but then he just, he's like, nah, this is wrong. And he just, he, he runs on stage. He's like, Hey guys, I'm here. The rock is here. <laughs> he, he's a bit of a showboater, isn't he? <laughs> you gotta respect it. So, uh, he did show up. Uh, love the guy. Yeah, he, you're hundred percent right. The dude, the dude is a showman. He puts on a show. He knows how to have fun. Uh, yeah. One fun thing he did is he um, 
he had the audience screaming loud and he recorded it and he's like we're gonna put that in a mo- in the movie that's so cool though during uh during like a big battle scene and the footage i heard was very um we well we heard it's very expository there's a mm-hmm. lot of uh some some pretty uh interesting lines um there's one scene at the end of the trailer where black adam is a missile is shot at him and he grabs it it blows up in his hand and he just um and he just he's just like he's unfazed did not hurt him no the power levels are changing in the dc universe <laughs> oh yeah power levels are the hierarchy of power will never be the same so he is he is loving this character and i think he's in for this he wants to do a lot with uh with black adam i'm curious because they're going with the i think there was what he's told heroes don't kill people and he's like i do Mm -hmm. um i'm really curious if that's pretty much the core of his story arc of slowly being a nice guy (laughs) helping people they're he definitely is going to be much more of a hero and there's a certain there's a certain plot point within the film that i think definitely works it makes it definitely makes it work yeah uh, there's actually a few that definitely make it work and i do think the movie did test well along with shazam too which is great so that was a, a big relief which i was you know i was a little worried because you know it's the rock uh but i do think he's definitely gonna be going all out for this one um someone compared the movie the footage they saw to black panther which was interesting um yeah i think that was a uh, jermaine lucier who made that comparison because of yeah Chase. yeah thank you jermaine for live tweeting everything and yeah saving us we love you <laughs> saved our butt yeah it, it's it's hawkman who goes heroes don't kill people and black adam goes well i do and then you just kill some button stage <laughs> <laughs> whoops he just, he, just, he just grabs a random person just snaps and he's like i do <laughs> i can do You're whatever i want <laughs> And he just every time he does them, the hierarchy of power is changing. <laughs> and um, there's a scene between him and Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate tells him that his powers have only ever been used for chaos or for to wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. And he tells that he, he tells him that he can use his powers for good or you know evil. And you know Adam just like you know I think broods Adam I guess I forget. But uh, they yeah basically they got they got their first trailer yesterday. Um, I definitely think they should release it. I think we all want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah. I I do think we should get the trailer soon, though, considering it's release timing. It feels early. It feels a little early right now. Well, that's kind of thing. It's it's the interesting thing is that a lot of things are changing because like Thor Love and Thunder was like the latest a trailer's ever released. Yeah. And I'm curious if that either will slowly become the norm that it's a shorter uh tr- you know release window in that regard or if we see back because it used to be what like 6 months. Yeah. That was like the usual norm and it's it's a little hard nowadays to say oh you know we'll get it now or we'll get it later because it just shifts around so much because it it releases in October, you know. Yeah. I I'm curious the box office for this movie is going to make because initially it had two very good release dates. It had Christmas of last year and then it had uh, was it Christmas of last year or was it Christmas of 2021? 2020. Uh, no, it was Christmas of 2021 because it started filming like uh, yeah, no, it was Christmas 2021. 
Um, and then it had uh, late July this year, July 27th. And I, and it was like, there was nothing around it. Nothing. Like it, Thor would probably be dying, by, dying down by then. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's October 21st. 20, uh, 20 this year so i'm curious to see how it does um i think as of right now joker is still the highest grossing film ever for a release in october yeah so holds that title with a, a billion mm-hmm. but you also got to think this is the rock the rock love him or hate him the man makes money people love him people people are crazy about and seeing him in a comic book movie yeah, I think it's really, and I, I guarantee the ad campaign for this movie is insane. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be big. Just going to be him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be him. He's going to be doing it. He's going to be talking. He's just he just has a microphone, and it's just like, get ready for this. <laughs> just describes mm-hmm. it, and that hypes everyone up. Hey, uh, sorry. Uh, I definitely think there's billion potential here for this one, and I I, I guess you know that's annoying. To always just like every movie has to make a billion, yeah, to be successful. And it doesn't. I just think a lot of people are just the past 10 years, the growth of the MCU has really, I think, taint, not tainted, but changed the way people see success in movies. Um, the, the thing, it's not even an MCU problem, it's a, a general blockbuster issue is that they're investing yeah. more and more with each film. Like we used to have. A big blockbuster film back in the day was like what 20 to 50 million. Now we're speaking 200 to 250 yeah. million investments. And of course, the higher the investment, the higher the, the 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 return on investment is what the expectation is for many. And the problem mm-hmm. is, is that many kind of use that benchmark of saying, okay, a film is successful if it makes a billion. But the billion mm-hmm. mark is if there's not that many films that really entered that. And most of them, let's be honest, are luck or are just lucky. No one back in the day thought yeah. was going to hit that. No one in the world thought that the comic book movie was going to do that. And I think it's what Marvel Studios did at the time is they were smart. They just built on that. But after the success of the Avengers and then Iron Man also was successful, the first film that didn't hit a billion, it's like, oh, this film is crap. It's not, you know, it's not a success. But, you know, Marvel Studios, they plant certain budgets in certain films knowing what the potential is of that. Ant-Man does, mm-hmm. isn't a 250 million production. That's 130 million. So it doesn't have yeah. to make a billion to make its money back. Um, and, and the problem is, is that a lot of people or the general issue is that it's very much a surface level analysis nowadays of how you mm-hmm. look at things. And that creates this illusion that you're comparing like people are, uh, what was the article, the North man where someone complained that the filmmaking only 17 million is a showcase that we shouldn't have bloated indie production budgets. Yeah, also like like I saw uh, ten years ago, no, twenty years ago, the, the Northman is not. A, they would not call that an art house film. No, that would just be like that would be like uh, three hundred or like The Matrix. It'd be the, it'd be just like you know action blockbuster. Yeah, it, it's a R rated action action adventure uh, action but blockbuster film. Our view on films has just changed so much that we look at that and see, ooh, indie art house film. No, that's not no. what that is. The, that's I, I agree with you and that's kind of the big thing right now is that we've kind of lost the sense of what makes an indie film and an art house film mm-hmm. because the problem is that people um which also kind of factors into how we see films in the last two years is every film that's not a blockbuster has now become an indie film which isn't mm-hmm. the case we used to have 
blockbuster films mid like not blockbuster but still popcorn fi- films because we shifted mm-hmm. away from genre like the thing is a lot of people complain that nowadays we're all focused only on ips it's all about who has the best intellectual property yeah back in the day it was the same thing it was just with genre genre was the ip back in the day romantic rom-coms were the shit they made money. Yeah. That's why we had a million fucking rom-coms. And now we're seeing the uh-huh. same thing, just instead of genre, it's a brand. It's 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 character franchises and stuff like that. So it's it's the same problem. It's now just you get El Muerto. Yeah. And and <laughs> and that's kind of the thing where people kind of I feel like people are still, you know, especially with that cinema and all that, you know, nonsense discussions, <laughs> focusing so much on what was instead of looking at the similarities of what we actually have now, just way more bloated. Hollywood is bigger than ever, has way more money than ever, but the gamble mm-hmm. that they're doing is way higher, you know, and the yeah. small productions. I think it's great to see, um, you know, the Northman making 16 million. That's great. That's mm-hmm. a great start for yeah. that film. Everything, everywhere, all at once is blowing up. It's making a lot of yeah. money for a small production. And people are loving it. Absolutely loving it. And ironically, have you, have you caught it yet? No, it's not released here yet. I'm still trying. I hope oh. it comes out. Yeah. But it's definitely on my watch list. And the thing is, is that the problem is, in my opinion, is that a lot of like, especially film Twitter and stuff like that, it's not both live together. It's mm-hmm. either one or the other. And the thing is, Michelle Yao was in a big budget movie. People that had no idea who she was, even though she's like one of the biggest actresses, especially in China, had no idea who she yeah. was. And now she's on the landmark and now she can carry a film and a smaller budget because now people know who she is. Chris Hemsworth, without the Marvel Cinematic Universe, would still be a small time actor if he didn't yeah. have another blockbuster. But let's be honest about it. Robert Downey Jr. came into the Tom Holland came into the big picture because of it. And that's kind of something that I feel like yep. a lot of people forget is that those big actors that carry smaller films are being brought to the forefront because of blockbuster films. It's the same with yeah. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel was known for what Riddick. And it was like the fast and furious yeah. where he got like the big breakout. That's where everyone knew he, who he was. And that's a blockbuster film. It's the same as Marvel. It's just a fast saga. And the thing is that it's, a, it's, they work with each other. And now we're finally at a point where the box, where the box office is at a is at a better point. Indie films, smaller productions are doing better because at the end of the day, the people they reach weren't going to movie theaters. Blockbusters are four quadrant films. They're made for every section. They have the most consistent bases because they reach as many as po- people as possible. So of course, smaller productions, indie productions weren't doing so well because the people that they were trying to reach are getting more selective and aren't going to theaters because of the pandemic. Children's oh, films yeah. were oh, struggling. I don't go to the theater as nearly as much as I used to. And I, I used to go to movies at least like once a week. Same here. Uh, I that, do think we're definitely getting back to that. And I'm definitely going to try and go more. But I mean, it's just in streaming too. Streaming is just, just killing things. I mean, I'm hoping, like we had the recent report. It's just a rumor right now. We were hoping it got announced at CinemaCon. It didn't. Uh, Warner Brothers is reportedly thinking, uh, or Warner Bros is thinking they should, if they should release Batgirl in theaters. And I think everybody yeah. says yes. Everybody wants that. No one wants to just catch it first on their TV at home. Everyone's going to, the, you know, people who are interested want to go see it on the big screen. And I definitely think, I mean, you got Keaton, you got Simmons, you got um, Breakout. Uh, what's what's it? Uh, what's what was that movie? 
uh, Lin Manuel um, Miranda. He didn't direct it, but it was based on his play in the Heights. Oh, in the Heights, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. In the Heights, uh, Leslie Grace, breakout star. She was probably the best. I didn't really care for that movie, but she was the best part. I really liked her. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you have uh, rumors of Nightwing, rumors of, ba- of Black Canary, and you know, I think Batgirl is prime. Yeah, you 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 slap you slap a great original soundtrack on that movie, which I think they should. Oh, definitely. DC has had great success with their original soundtracks. Uh, most comic book movies have, you know, Spider Verse, Shang Chi, Suicide Squad, uh, Birds of Prey. They they've been great. Um, slap a good soundtrack on that. You know, get it in theaters. <laughs> boom. It's a Christmas movie. Release it next year. DC, Warner Brothers, you have nothing dated after Blue Beetle next year. Avatar is not next year. I know it's a... It's not. What do you mean? The third Avatar is in two years. So next year, there's no Avatar because they wanted to release release them yearly. They're now buying... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, I'm talking about like how uh, Warner Bros. has nothing dated. Yeah. Uh, nothing think... DC dated after Blue Beetle next year. So basically... I know you, fans are going to like to have to wait that much longer, but over you know over a year. But I mean, it's it's a prime release for December twenty twenty three. Yeah. Hell, maybe even Thanksgiving twenty twenty three. Let it run through all the month of December. The winner, and and that's kind of the thing where, especially with streaming, you know, we have the Netflix scenario right now, like the big, <laughs> all the every investor jumped ship because it didn't go quite. <laughs> Um, To one side, I do feel like that it's not unusual for investors to freak out because one thing didn't go quite their way. Um, You know, it's it's more about them losing investments, uh, well, losing two million subscribers next quarter. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is that their calculations are based alone on the fact that they're losing all of Russia. They're losing a lot of people with the price hike. And Netflix issue, for example, is that they have a, let's say, a retention problem, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. most of their focus, like Raisin Dion got canceled after two seasons. Another yeah. show got canceled with barely any time to grow. And we're seeing this trend that that's just not a viable strategy that you can just throw out as many shows as possible to get people to subscribe as many as possible because everyone else is leaving because their show is either always going to get canceled, it's not going to be around. I'm scared that the One Piece show is going to get canceled after a season or two, because they have no idea what they're doing. And, you know, that's a thousand, that's a thousand plus chapters with the story exploring. Dude, and you're just going to throw that out. I've seen, the, I've seen the stuff you've been writing up and sharing and canceling that show would be such a mistake considering the ships they're building and everything yeah. they're putting into the production. Could you imagine the waste of money that would be if they just canceled after one season? That would be terrible. And, you know, they're investing in everything now and they had everything produced. It's probably one of the first shows I've seen that has that many practical sets. Which is insane. Yeah, I mean, them actually building all those boats is insane. I did not think they were going to do that, but I just, I keep seeing those photos. I'm like, holy shit. And they it, are. Yeah, and it, it, there's a, you know, in the One Piece community, there's an ongoing joke that the guy who created it, uh, Aichiro Oda, he could probably just afford it himself if he wanted to. Because it is the mm-hmm. most, yeah, the One Piece sold more than Batman. And that's been out for like 70 plus years. So you got to think about how Ooh. big this freaking series is. And there's a chance yeah. that by the end he finishes it, it'll pass Superman. So there's some crazy expectations of how big this franchise is. But the thing is, it's like, yeah. Like if you look at Disney Plus, uh, Disney Plus has the advantage. Yes, Marvel has mostly miniseries, but they're all technically connected. It's still one branding expansion. 
And you're seeing the uh, from from Samba TV. You're seeing how they're still kind of they're strong performers, but not everything is like the exact same. One show is going to be a little slower. Mm -hmm. One's going to be a little higher. But then you look at like DC and they have been going out a bit more consistent. And that's what I have to I have to say what they've been doing good. We're not the biggest fans of Titans, but Titans has been out there. It's been ongoing. It's not getting canceled after just two seasons. It's getting a chance to kind of grow. And it's huge. It's amazing how huge that show is. For some reason, people just keep watching it. Stop watching it. (laughs) Go watch it. I don't know. My thing about Titans is that it has a great cast, but it wastes that cast. I I do agree on that. Um, But the thing is, and this is what I don't get about DC... DC's shows, how many shows did they have running at the same time? And then there was nothing. We haven't had a DC show since what? Except the CWs. We haven't had something on HBO Max since Peacemaker. Yeah. And they pretty much had Titans, Doom Patrol run pretty much simultaneously. Then Stargirl ran simultaneously. Then a few months later, at the beginning of this year, we had Peacemaker and we haven't had anything since. And we're probably not going to have yeah. anything until the, like, till quarter third third or fourth quarter of this year and that's kind of a shame because like you know you can say anything about marvel with only having six episodes they are at least putting out stuff throughout the year you know it's spread out a bit more dc's like here's Mm -hmm. everything and then you wait because it's a traditional uh broadcasting uh strategy yeah i do think netflix needs to switch to that if they're going to make any any business decisions they need to do that i love having it all at my fingertips at once but Hey, it's uh, it's definitely a better release uh, release uh, strategy. Keeps yeah. people entertained, keeps them tuning in. Even so. even Moon Knight had detractors saying it should be a bingeable show. Um, uh, I did- I mm, see. No, mm-hmm. I don't want that. But I also do. I do part times. I have felt like when watching episodes, I'm like, mm, I really wish I could just watch this all at once. Yeah, but it it did feel the recent episode did feel more of like a like a like a movie. I don't know, the, not not even the recent episode, but just like this season has just really felt like one movie that's just being cut into pieces mm-hmm. to me, and it just feels like mm, I feel like I don't know, maybe it's not the pacing or the episode count, but it just doesn't feel like they're just they're doing they're they're I, really you know turning them into episodic. I don't know. I will agree that so they I could do- be better split up. The only Disney Plus series I felt made for the weekly release was WandaVision because mm-hmm. it was echoing sitcoms. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. That's that's how they got away with that. That was like the perfect weekly release show. Moon Knight does have elements that work well. Like I, I do think that the weekly buildup made episode five hit as hard as it did. Yeah, I do also agree that there are elements where Marvel Studios problem, in my opinion, is that they can't really they're having a hard time ending and starting an episode. It feels like they want to tell the whole story. It's it's similar. Mm-hmm. They're doing the Netflix strategy, but breaking it up into weeks. Yeah. I think just... having it being half of the length makes it easier, but it's, it's kind of creating this paradigm where I think sometimes the show feel because Moon Knight is like my personal favorite of the Disney plus show so far. If they hit the mm-hmm. finale, if they don't Loki will remain. Cause I do think Loki had the stronger episodic structure from the non WandaVision ones. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, like, for example, Peacemaker was really good at ending its episodes. 
And I think the reason is, is that Peacemaker had an overarching story, but it felt like a weekly series. It was built, not a movie. It was built that each episode was a self-contained episode, uh, self-contained story that builds into the next episode. Mm -hmm. What Marvel Studios is doing is they're making one big story and separating it into episodes, like the complete reverse approach. It's just not working super well to me personally yeah it, and it's, um, it's i think loki loki was definitely the one that really nailed it i think yeah it's the whole episodic cliffhanger you know make me want to tune in for the next episode but here it had just, a mystery <laughs> yeah and i guess there's really a mystery here with moon knight but it's just not super engaging to me mm-hmm. and the other thing is it, it, it's more of a more of a mark specter show to me like you know he obviously you know he is moon knight but we're not getting a ton of Moon Knight in these episodes. It's like it's 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 used as the um the big the Mike the big money shot. Yeah. To me. And I honestly I, I don't have a problem with them exploring Mark Spector, Stephen Grant. You know, it's Oscar Isaac's doing great. I think he's really the best part of this, but it just doesn't feel like Moon Knight to me. The I will say the irony of Moon Knight as a character and as a as a concept is that a lot of the interesting aspects of his story are the more human story elements. Mm -hmm. Because even if you look at like some of the most famous, uh, like the Lumiere, Lumiere, which is like the big inspiration for this, the biggest focus of it is the fact that is Moon Knight real or not? Is it a concept he created in his head? And I feel like the fact that he is being used so sparingly is kind of the idea behind this show. Uh The the problem is, what do you call it? Mark Spector? Who's got, you know, that's that's kind of the paradigm. A lot. Part of me was worried that a lot of people. I mean, I wasn't really worried, but I feel like a lot of people are going to be a little bit like, "Hmm, you know, this is a, this is a character they want to work into a massive cinematic universe," and I feel like using him like that is going to make that difficult. I like. I've been thinking about writing a story where I say, "Let the last episode be absolutely insane and give us so many more questions and answers," because that fits the show what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then when he shows up in the MCU, that it's like this big. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I, I think do love how self-contained well. it is, but I'm expecting them to do something at the end of the show where they just full-on MCU throw up into it. I don't know. I feel like I, I would I would like to see... Um, I don't know. I, I'm just randomly, all of a sudden, really excited for the Halloween special because yeah. I love the supernatural side of like the DCEU, or the DC universe and the Marvel universe. And I started reading Werewolf, Werewolf by Night comics... I think he's a really, he's like a, such a simple character, but he's just really cool. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, something I realized. Uh, sorry, DC fans, turn to a Marvel show. <laughs> well, it's the thing is, it's, it, we're, you know, the thing is, at the end of the day, I still think, you know, when we're talking about these shows, they're still well done, great shows. They just, you know, we have, we have so much that at this point, there's a saturation that, we can criticize them more because we have more to compare them to. And especially like the thing is like, I would never put the Disney plus shows anywhere near the CW shows. Like those are worlds in my opinion. And even if we Mm -hmm. say like, this didn't work, this didn't work as well. It's still, you know, there's still a higher level of production. Peacemaker is a completely different thing from what Disney plus is doing with its shows. Peacemaker is like, um, I wouldn't call it a lightning in a bottle scenario, but I would say it's like, that is just a passion project that gun created 
and gun did put a stamp on it. And you see people say, I just don't like gun style, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, I love that show. That show is so damn good. It's great. Love. I love that show. Peace Peace no one cared about him a couple of years ago, but he's sick. Let's see if El Muerto gets the same treatment. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, sorry. I mean, obviously, people people are excited. You know, be excited. Yeah. I'm just some I'm just some asshole on the internet. Who cares what I think? You shouldn't have to care what I think. It's not my. It's not your issue. I mean, I am just. I think it. I, I mean, obviously, I think it's a good chance for them to take a character, elevate him, give him more of a personality. But I just don't care. Yeah. But the only thing I do care about is you know. I'm excited to see Bad Bunny. I mean, uh, apparently he's very good on bu- Bullet Train. I'm excited for Bullet Train. I guess that's the one redeeming factor is Bad Bunny. But like the thing is, is like if you compare, if you look back at Peacemaker as a character that you know very little people know about, Peacemaker wasn't mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad, so he had a setup. He was played by John Cena, someone who is extremely well known. Like even as a one of the most actor. has the most uh, Make a Wish uh, fulfillments of anybody ever. Yeah, great guy. Really, like an actually really great guy. Down to earth performance, playing an absolute asshole is such an intriguing concept, you know. And then a lot of it, and, let's be honest, is James Gunn. James Gunn is extremely well known. Is extremely like mm-hmm. this is a James Gunn production. And even in Guardians, no matter what you say about the MCU, the Guardians films are James Gunn's films. They're his humor. They're everything yeah. on there. And which is why I hate it when people say let Waititi do a Guardians film. So yeah. a different director. Um, but the thing is, is that James Gunn doing a TV show, his, I think it was his first show as well and doing it so well, like that's the selling point there. And I think that's kind of like the pushing the boundaries of what we're seeing with DC. Um, I I fucking love Harley Quinn. Like Harley Quinn is such a good show. And we're seeing, we're seeing some really good ones. Oh yeah. Oh, I speak it up. Freaking kite man gets a spinoff. Freaking cheers inspired one. Teaming up. So that'll be Dude fun. Ends. That'll be exciting. Uh, I I really I'm so curious how they're going to do that. I just feel like it's going to be the weirdest Cheers inspired show ever, and then it'll get a Frasier mm-hmm. spinoff. <laughs> Golden Kite gets oh, a yeah. Frasier spinoff. I think it'll definitely be something very fun, and I'm looking forward to that. And Harley Quinn season three, and covering that here, and yep. on Murphy's Multiverse, where you can go check out more <laughs> stuff. It's so yeah. We got a lot heading our way. And I think the fun thing is looking at Marvel, looking at DC, comparing. And I think I I always like what Feige's quote said. He says, it's great. He was happy we have competition. It lets us learn from each other. And I think that's the exciting aspect of it. And a lot of what we get from the Batman is so unique in a way that I feel like that's going to bleed over into the MCU. And whatever MCU on technologically advancements does bleeds into DC projects and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's exciting. We get more stuff and we get more stuff to enjoy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm also so. a, a very stupid optimist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think uh, yeah. it's uh, time to wrap up. What do you think? Yeah. Same, you know, <laughs> we'll be back next time. Don't worry. We'll be back. Don't worry. We'll talk about everything. We'll talk about everything something. i don't know we'll figure yes. something out well we always figure something out but hey everyone thank you for listening we're always glad to have you on and if you want to stay up to date on anything dc pop culture whatever your heart desires be sure to check out murphy's multiverse.com and if you want to chat with us about what your favorite thing was from the cinema con you can find john on twitter at 
Wild LXIX. Oh, no, Wild Patrol with an E. With an E in <laughs> Wild at the end of Wild. And you can find me at that Abel, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. We cannot wait to hear what you thought about it. And until next time.